0: A Hello and welcome to How Much For A Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist,
1: Lucy Richardson,
0: and an actual knob, Mick Tickler. It's our first ever episode uh, and it's a doozy, isn't it? We had Lou Hopper, she's from Deathstore Door Tattoo in Brighton, she's tattooed all over the world, she's been tattooing for ages, she's well good and she's also been on the telly on Channel 4's Tattoo Fixes. So it was really cool to get her her insight into the tattoo industry and how she got there and all that sort of stuff. And she also gave us some mad insight into what it's like being on a tattoo TV show. It was a good one, wasn't it? I
1: was lush. And she's a beaut. So quite nice to, to look at her while we zoom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're saying you weren't having a nice time looking at me?
1: Um, Obviously, I do really like to look at your facial alopecia, um, but she was a little bit easier on the eye
0: That is a fair point Um, (laughs) What have you been up to?
1: Well, seeing as I haven't got a job, just Mm. trying to uh, be an artist rather than a tattoo artist Um, I see you've
0: been making some uh, acrylic paint earrings or something
1: yeah that was one of the things I uh, available
0: to buy on your on your Etsy shop uh, link uh, in bio
1: lucy tattoo dot oh there we go <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah.
0: I'm gonna have to stop doing that because <laughs> we, we, we've done we've done a couple of pilots and uh, and I don't know where it comes from but it just goes in a radio voice and i uh, I'm doing it around the house and my girlfriend might actually kill me if i, yeah, do <laughs> I we'll limit it that that's it for now we'll do it a couple of minutes each pod. I'm fairly sure that I say uh, it comes with, it comes out a couple of times during the the chat we had with with Lou. So yeah, look out for that. That's fun.
1: i have zoned it out. I don't hear it anymore.
0: It's just my but, normal voice.
1: That's just your voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just trying all these different crafts and stuff. Stuff I don't really We have time to do. You know, it's normally pretty full on. So just enjoying having some time at home to paint and go out for walks and um, reintroduce myself to my child <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't worked um, she still doesn't come out of her bedroom but she is a teenager it yeah it's actually it's been pretty lush and time to do stuff like this you know wouldn't well yeah. be a bit of a struggle to do if I was tattooing full time
0: so, so yeah one a well, just a little bit of admin before uh, if you would like to follow us on twitter it's at hm. Four A S before being a number four. I've forgotten what it is on Instagram. Do you know it?
1: How much number four A sleeve? There we go. Give us a
0: follow. Smash the subscribe like button. I said I <laughs> it nearly went into. I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, yes. you did it again? <laughs> I no, I no. I, I tend to do it about thirty seconds said I'm not going to do it again. Um, give us a follow we've got some really cool people lined up one thing to say before before um you you listen to the chat with lou this is our first ever one we are in the middle of a pandemic we did have a couple of technical issues including a technical issue that you can probably hear in the background now that's me banging the microphone and then rubbing my elbow across the knee so we it is our first one well, and rubbing one. my well, what
1: elbow <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I have trousers are up, <laughs> trousers are up, the mic- trousers are up, the microphone's up, let's go. Uh, so it's a really cool chat with Lou, she, she's amazing and we are really, really thankful that she came on and was our first guest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool to have her insight and stuff, so uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. This is How Much For A Sleeve with Lou Hopper, episode one. How much for a sleeve? Lou Hopper. Our first Hi. guest. Hello. How are, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. Uh just want to say thank you so much for coming on and being our first interviewee. We would have totally understood if you'd have at least said, uh, do you know what, I'll wait and hear a couple before I come on just to make sure you're <laughs> not a weirdo. So thank you so much. Thank you so you much. You already for... know
1: that I'm a weirdo, but... It's my absolute pleasure. Obviously, I already know Lucy really well, because uh, we've been friends for quite a few years now, um, but it's an absolute pleasure to meet you for the worst time as well. So,
0: Did you say um, the worst time or the it, first time?
1: It just, <laughs> it's, well,
0: it's too early to tell. Very wise.
1: Uh, yeah, so, we are in lockdown though, so the bar isn't set very high for fun.
0: Uh, this is like a bit of a
1: novelty <laughs> to seeing other faces, so... So you know, that's actually like quite nice right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're gonna
0: we're gonna we're gonna start off with how it all started off for you. What was your what was your journey into into tattooing?
1: Oh wow! So like most people who get into it, um, you start at the beginning. You kind of uh, build up your your art skill to a point where you're ready to go looking for an apprenticeship and then get some uh, some professional training. That you can build on what you've already got um and then your apprenticeship kind of fills in the gaps and the things you don't know until you're at a fully trained professional level to be able to kind of call yourself a professional and then I guess you kind of keep going you never stop learning so I've been tattooing well over 10 years now and I'm still learning new things and new skills and um yeah I think it's quite arrogant with people when they to say that they don't learn like that's one of the beauty of guest spots is each guest spot that I do I learn something or pick something up whether it's how they make their stencils or you know what equipment they use or just to how they do their bookings and stuff we're always learning and evolving aren't we Yeah it's not necessarily just like the technique or or the equipment like you said it's just good working practice that you can pick up kind of seeing somebody else's decor like how they deal face-to-face with their clients and their customer care. Like The more you do, like guest spotting and talking to other people and learning from other people, you can keep tweaking and improving your own methods so that you're always improving as well. Even if it's not just in like one area, like the actual tattooing, you can try and work on the, the whole thing, the whole service.
0: Cool. So you've worked in... Yeah, that's so true. You've worked in quite a few a few shops um and you you're originally from devon is that correct
1: yeah down and that, in devon
0: and is that where you started
1: uh yeah so that's where i got my apprenticeship um in a city called exeter uh and one of the things that drew me there was it was it was the closest big city to the tiny little town uh or village i lived in before that because i'm from absolute middle of nowhere in the countryside in devon um so as soon as i was old enough i i knew i wanted to go somewhere with more people and more culture and a lot more opportunity so extra was the the next place and they had at the time i moved there as a teenager they had a great music scene um right. so like the punk rock scene and the rock and roll and metal scene there was great at the time so when i first started getting into tattooing it was all at the same time and i i had a fucking great time as a teenager that that place kind of kept me alive and gave me something fun to you know, focus on and get through uh, the days cuz um, i think it was before i found like tattooing and music in that way uh like a lot of teenagers i was a bit directionless and bored mm-hmm. and lost and i know it was um kind of like similar for lucy like finding finding your like place or your tribe and the stuff that you like you I don't know. Something clicks, and everything else kind of fell into place after that for me.
0: So sort of like yeah, al- definitely. Al- almost like a, a calling that you had to, to, to you know, having have, having found something that not only you're good at, you feel like you belong in that environment and with these people. They like that. You mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. Literally, all of it was kind of connected. I found it easier to to talk to and connect with with other people with obviously those same interests. And I met some of the best friends I ever had through that same scene, like music and tattooing. And um, yeah, as time goes on, and I've got I'm much older, and way more boring and stable. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, said, don't said with a cup of coffee in your hands while I, I'm sitting I, with a with an ale. Uh, what day is it? is it is it a friday saturday today i don't know but who knows it's weekend. it's lockdown yeah we been in lockdown i've lost track of the days but i know it's someday over a weekend and teenage me would be ashamed of the fact that this is just a really
0: coffee this is a
1: safe space there's no judgment <laughs> <Absolutely>. here 100 <100%.
0: laughs> um and when and so you also spent some time in uh, tattooing in london and did, did that did that come from wanting to improve your skills as like without being without making assumptions uh, coming from somewhere uh like exeter that you know things could get a bit stale there everyone has small town
1: same. syndrome Yeah, i,
0: I suppose that's, and then and then the, the calling of the of the big city comes and you can go there and you know there's there's not just one or two shops of money there is that's that as well. it. like
1: you kind of <laughs> when you're in a small place there's only a limited population and a limited pool of um kind of people who are interested in what you're doing and depending on that area and the demographic it can very much like limit your work and what you get to try because obviously with tattooing we're, we're employed by other people so as much as i love my job um i can only tattoo what's requested So if I live somewhere where there aren't as many requests or those requests don't really line up with what I'm interested in doing, the way I can change that is to move somewhere that does cater more to what I want to do and has more of those opportunities. And like you said, moving to London gave me a chance to sort of uh move to a bigger city with more options again you can notch up your earnings obviously you have to be prepared to put in the hours and work hard for it but if you're willing to do that like you go to where the work is and where the opportunities are so London was a really good move for me to be able to try all that stuff out and uh honestly at the time I'd kind of been running my own shop in Devon for a couple of years by that point and I'd I'd already kind of Gotten as big as I could for the area that uh, it based, and I'd um I'd kind of hit a wall, and I was ready to learn more, and I wanted to do more, and um it it very much meant leaving the area, and where's bigger in the UK than London? So so yeah, packed my bags and uh and moved there to give that a go, and at the time my. my partner lived in London and uh, it was kind of getting to that point in our relationship uh, where it was time for one of us to make a move and no one's going to move away <laughs> from to go to fuck nowhere in the countryside. So it was it was definitely the right decision for that time in life and it opened a lot of opportunities. So I'm, I'm really glad I did it and getting to experience living and learning in London. I, I did learn a lot in the time I was there. So it was good. It's quite- good. <laughs> Full on, like working in a city, isn't it? Because the hours are different, Mm -hmm. and there's so much more demand, and and it can you can fall into like a bit of a money making trap as well, can't you? Because oh, you do charge more, so you're like, well, (laughs) i i if I work one day here, it's a week's worth than in Exeter, so it's easy just to do every hour under the sun. Yeah, which is exactly what happened, and I I got so sucked into work for the whole time I was there, and that was my my main focus, I, for the four years I lived there, no social life whatsoever. It's all <laughs> of the work. And the, you do crazy hours. And then when you finish your day tattooing, you still have all your drawing and design work yeah. to do for the next day, plus a like one to two hour commute across London to get back to where you need to. Um, and just avoiding the perverts on the tube is like a whole other level of stress. <laughs> so- <laughs> I, I,
0: thought, I thought you said you hadn't met me before. <laughs> you'd, re- you'd remember that yellow t-shirt yeah. that's a
1: dead
0: giveaway let uh yeah let's move, move move away from my awful facial hair so i've got this um little bit here as, little bit here as well where i um because i'm incredibly middle class i went skiing with my school and the sun bounces off the no one told me this so the sun bounces off the snow comes back up hit me on the I... chin and made my chin now completely scar tissue so that's
1: oh hard. my god i found out the hard way as well I was skiing in austria with the school about the inside of my nostrils which i didn't know was possible but no. apparently it is
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. that sounds worse than chin. um so, well, <laughs> see
1: i i used to ski in scotland so i didn't have any of those problems <laughs> because there is no sun north of carlisle <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think (laughs) just something you said there about how how you felt when you were in Exeter and you wanted to go and broaden your horizons and not just not just professionally but personally as well Mm -hmm. I know because I know it would have been around at the time but with the way Instagram is now you can you can be that superstar tattooer in somewhere small and not and not and and still have the audience there because of, of, of how things get shared and and how people find you that way and that obviously wasn't there the 10 years ago when 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 you or the eight years ago whenever you made that decision do you think that would have that would have changed changed the decision or do you think it would have happened anyway because no, it just, it just, right?
1: <laughs> no I'm, I'm pretty sure like I, you are so right the um the improvement of social media and the way we can advertise and actually get straight to our like main audience now with stuff like Instagram and Facebook and um that has massively changed and improved um kind of our industry and my personal reach I'd say now most of the um interaction I get and the bookings I get do all come through Instagram because it's the first place people search uh which has been a great tool for me and like you said it just didn't exist in the same way when I first started tattooing um so it probably does make it a lot easier for people to stay put in smaller cities as long as they've got that kind of reach and their clients are willing to travel to them. Um, I mean, Lucy's a perfect example. She lives in a beautiful, like, kind of countryside setting, but still has fully booked diary because people know and love her work and are happy. And I know this is embarrassing her because she's super sweet and can't take a compliment at all without going for anything. But, um... <laughs> she works really hard and she's got the client base there because of that and uh, and the advertising definitely helps people find you so um uh even if that had worked for me if I'd stayed put in Exeter and where, where I'd originally lived and trained um I don't think I would have been comfortable staying put there for much longer just because All the other aspects of my life were still lacking in ways as well. I wanted more like opportunities career wise outside of tattooing, which weren't on offer in a smaller city. Um, Even though you can travel for them, I tend to be really busy and booked up quite a lot. So that juggling act becomes a little bit harder if you then have like a four hour commute to London to do something else and then you've got to go back again. Um, so logistically, it just made a lot of sense for everything that I wanted in life to make the move to a bigger city. So now you own Death store in Brighton. Mm -hmm. Did you ever consider opening a shop in London or did you want to move out slightly? I considered all my options at the time and I'd been living in London for about four years by then and I I realised it was manageable and I could have but by that point I had gotten a bit tired in like living in London and working in central London. It was amazing and had great opportunity and I like I mentioned I did learn an awful lot and it was great for that but it was also starting to grate a little bit riding the tubes, everything's dirty and busy and then I'd be working such long crazy hours by the time I did actually finish at the end of a working day I wouldn't have time to go to a gig and then get home again because of the commutes across London involved in the things that I want to do after. So... If you finish working, like finish tattooing about seven o'clock at night and you've still got two to three hours worth of drawing you need to fit in for the next day into that evening, the reality of going to like a gig and then getting back across town or even just going to a bar to meet a friend for a couple of hours, the, the whole kind of balance didn't work and I wanted to redress uh, work-life balance and brighten after london just seemed to have everything that i was looking for we've got beaches nightlife restaurants culture great tourism we've got a thriving tattoo industry because of all of those things uh as well as there's a huge student population here as well which means every year you get a new influx of 18 year olds uh, wanting to get tattooed and with student loans that they shouldn't be spending on tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Student Loan Company. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it just makes for this kind of perfect little bubble that facilitates everything I'm looking for to keep me happy, basically. So, uh, yeah, since I moved down here, <laughs> I can't imagine living anywhere else. And I definitely feel like I made the right choice in where I chose to open. But, um there's an awful lot of studios here because it's such a great place for this lifestyle. I love it. I love working down there. Everyone, it just feels so like bohemian. The clients you get, everyone is just, yeah, it's such a cool area. It's it's lush. But do you, do you think that the exposure you got from working on Tattoo Fixes was a bit of a catalyst for you to leave the capital? Was it- uh- intense it it did intensify my feelings for being ready to move out of london i think i'd already been sort of thinking towards moving out um at that point anyway and then off the back of the show everything did get quite intense there was an awful lot of um Attention that I naively maybe wasn't ready for, uh, and I found it a bit claustrophobic and a bit overwhelming. And there was an awful lot of stuff going on in life, in my personal life at the time as well. And um, I, it, the timing once again just seemed to be perfect for like, okay, I've been thinking about moving out of London for a little while, and now I have the opportunity, and it seems like the right time to do it. So, i i made the move and yeah i haven't regretted that for a minute london was great uh but it did what it needed to for me at the time and then allowed me to move out and do the next step that i wanted to pursue because the the exposure of the tv show definitely did help with the advertising in order to keep me busy enough to make all of those moves so everything obviously like had to happen in a certain order to get me to where I wanted to be kind of work-wise, living-wise, like style wise and um yeah like everything it's been like a process and it's nice that it's still moving on and moving forward because I've, I've still got things that I want to do like a year ahead and two years ahead so like I yeah I've got a direction and I feel like I'm on track which is nice. It's
0: good. And just for what? for people who 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 are listening who don't know uh, Tattoo Fixes was a, a TV show on uh Channel 4 2015 I think it started.
1: wonderful then. time's gone so fast since it was filmed. I <laughs> remember.
0: And the, the the premise of the show was essentially uh people have tattoos that they either regret or they are done so badly that the TV show would then take that person as a, as a client would give them options. And then they would choose an option from one of the artists. And then their old crap tattoo that they hate is now a a lovely new quality tattoo. And then they go back into the world happy. That's the the premise of the show. Um, (laughs) So um,
1: They came in with a dick and they left with a lovely peacock.
0: Well, I was just going to say that (laughs) it it is actually brought up in the show. I was watching a couple recently, and I, I can't remember who actually brought it out, but someone actually says that men are so obsessed with their penises that it's, ma- it's mad how many lads get a knob tattooed on them. And now, one of the reasons Lucy and I are friends is because we work together.
1: I was wondering what- I was wondering what the yeah. link was there. Like.
0: <laughs> and so she would always be drawing things over my uh, over my stuff. Uh, one of the things I remember going going to a like meeting. pads
1: of paper, not his junk. No, not my, clarify, not my, my, my just junk. Just to clear yeah. that out there. to dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and there, there was one where I was going into a meeting, which was incidentally at a school, where oh. I, I turned a leaf of paper and there was a big, veiny, spunking cock with a fox coming out of the end. So, um, <clears throat> I was "Yeah, that's 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 great." But now I'm I'm embarrassed and professionally humiliated in in front of some some seventy year old ladies. So that was nice.
1: And I, I've continued this into my current life because when I go travelling and leave Grant, who is my other half, who I work with, for anyone listening, um, we all have like a pile of tissue um, kitchen roll that we use while we're tatting. And when I go off on the travel, my travels, I'll go through his pile of kitchen roll and draw dicks on like alternate bits <laughs> so that he'll be mid-tattoo and then go to reach reach for a, a bit of kitchen roll and there'll just be a big red cock on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. A- I am the kid from Superbad. But well, I totally know this. I've known you for long enough now that you've actually got <laughs> a stay card with a dick drawn inside it. My... <laughs> The lady at my local post office, she must, <laughs> if it's a friend who does like a print order or if I'm sending something, I'll always draw like dicks on it. And she checks them now. She's checking the envelope and she's like, oh, you must know them. Well, I had to tell her that the ones with dicks on people I know, I don't just send them to customers. <laughs> like, thank you for buying my print. Here's a dick.
0: <laughs> Imagine what she thinks the prints are of if that's on the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Good it's, it's just it was just one thing about this about those those you know the just straight men state straight, straight groups of men go to extraordinary lengths no pun to not have sex, yes. to, <laughs> to not have sex with each other they just had sex with each other once they might like it but they might not, and if they don't like it, it's fine. But then they don't have to go on the rest of their life unless they come a tattoo fixes, with a knob tattooed on their ass. I find the whole th- I find the whole thing really really weird. So when 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 they come in, do you have any idea of what you're dealing with, or is it first time they whip keks down and show you the buttock tattoo? That's the first time you see it.
1: So. Started filming uh during the interview process for cast, being cast for the show, we were kind of told by production that we would know what was going on, so we had a bit of an idea of like what we needed to prep for, so we could be a bit more organised. And obviously, for me, I'm like, okay, whatever I'm doing on camera is gonna be representing me and my industry mm. and our profession, and is once it's recorded, it's gonna be around for a bloody long time. So I want to take this seriously and I wanna prepare if I can. Um so I was told I'd have time. <laughs> what actually happened was we didn't and we'd find out on the day and then have to literally pull something out of thin air that would work as a cover-up. And uh I know a lot of formats for tattoo TV shows are um they record it so like, here's the person coming in the first time you meet the person, this is the design we're gonna do, and here's the piece. Um and I I know that that's the way it's edited because it makes better telly, but it's not necessarily the way you're supposed to film it as well because it would be good <laughs> if, like you had a bit of heads up and like preparation time, and your clients knew what they were getting and getting themselves into as well. But no, it's genuinely filmed the way it's portrayed. <laughs> on camera so yeah I was expecting a bit of heads up and prep time but we didn't get it and it it was very much a case of figure it out on the spot and do what you can <laughs> so then did the customer actually choose like between three drawings when it's it's filmed like that so at the time obviously I just did season one so I don't know how the formats changed since I left or anything like that but at the time I don't think I've watched because it they were very much like figuring it out as we were going along so in the beginning we'd all draw a design and then your client would pick between them but as time went on you would realize that it wasn't necessarily an even uh pick of designs so they ended up having to like clients with certain artists just so that they knew what was going on with the filming schedule which makes sense when you're producing a tv show so um, yeah obviously because it was the first time they'd shot that show and and used that format it was a little bit of like learning on the job for everyone involved (laughs) (laughs) and did the customers have to pay how did that work so, to my understanding, um, each of the tattooists were basically hired for their time. Like, we'd get a day rate um, for, for our time, uh, so we were paid by the channel. <laughs>
0: and then, for oh, anyone yeah. who's just listening audio <laughs> only there, Lucy has drawn a crude genitals, uh, testicle and penis, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, presented them to us uh, in the middle of, of Lou's story.
1: <laughs> Not the first time. <laughs> I mean it's not i'm not bored of what you're saying i just
0: and for like, clarity you know, just, what... i
1: just get the edge and i can't <laughs> help it i mean that's a bit a bit bigger than normal oh but... it
2: is yeah well, sh- <laughs> show off
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i've ruined it all oh fuck it let's just quit now i've fucked it all this up. cannot
0: become the, the Lucy draws a knob podcast a knobcast
1: <laughs> maybe that would have been a better name
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe we should talk about just 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 quickly because um people are probably wondering the show is called how much for a sleeve because lucy was tattooing me once and a man walked in um the, the bell went from the door opening and i don't think he'd even got his his feet in the door and he just bellowed how much for a sleeve?" <laughs> that, was, that was all of the information that he gave to experienced skilled artists and uh it Made us it, laugh at the time and it's made us laugh ever since um we regularly. How
1: many times how many times do you think you've been asked that, Lou? Uh I've lost count. Like it seems yeah. like a stupid question yeah. with asked with no context whatsoever to go on. <laughs> but I've lost count of how many times I've been asked that with like not even a hello my name is in front of it. It's <laughs> literally just like someone will bowl through the front door and go, How much is this? <laughs> and yeah, it always makes
0: me laugh. <laughs> yeah, because I do think that there can there can be a little bit of, uh, especially if it's your first tattoo. There's a little bit of intimidation going in there, seeing people covered in tattoos, and you're you know you can be a little bit timid. And sometimes, in my experience, that they sometimes they there might not be the most welcoming of places. Um, so I do sort of understand the nervousness, but you know, just just the way he yelled it was. It was. It was it, he, had, he had. He had no nerves. He's like, a sleeve. What do you want it off? Don't know. Fucking do one. I'm Because like, oh,
1: <laughs> you like bowl through the front door of a massage parlor and just walk in screaming, "How much for a massage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Madness. Um, sorry, we've 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 gone off on on some some excellent <laughs> tangents there. So, uh, uh, you, you you were you were saying about how how you didn't have any time really to to prepare?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a bit out of the. Oh, and sorry, I realised I was halfway through explaining. Um, so we were paid like a flat rate for our time. Lucy, and your dick, what are sick. you like? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a phrase I've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> but as for the clients themselves i think they they were offered um the free cover up uh, in exchange for their time to get it and they agreeing to appear on camera so the clients didn't actually have to pay for the the work themselves they literally just had to agree to turn up and be filmed and be willing to have it um but our time was covered by the the production company and was uh, it <laughs> was it lucrative for you to do it? Because I no. know for Ink Masters, <laughs> like one of our mutual friends said that she was asked to go on it in the States and the pay was ridiculous, something like $600 a week. And she was like, mm, no, I can't afford to do that for six weeks. Um, I'll be honest without like going into too much kind of uh detail um which would be overkill um if I'd have worked the same amount of hours in the studio I probably want I would have earned like two or three times as much right. but I took a drop in kind of money in order because I knew the value was in the advertising and the business that yeah. was following um so the the advertising that it offered and just you know getting what I was doing and my work out there on tv was way more valuable in the long run I mean it's oh my god is it like six years later now or something and I'm still I don't have to chase work I'm busy so it's you are like an excellent tattooist though you're just honestly one of the best you are even if you hadn't done the show i think your work just speaks for itself so i think um <laughs> you're you're pretty clever you're pretty clever same <laughs> like, for you is you just you do your thing every day you kind of forget that other people look at it and see value in it when you look at it you criticize the fuck out of it ever happened i'm the it. worst but that I guess is also part of why you're always improving because you look at something that may be the best thing you've ever tattooed and you're like, shit, I'll do better next time. And God. You try harder next time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at the moment I'm in a bit of a slump with posting on Instagram because it's so easy to criticise your own work, especially if you haven't got a lot of new work to put out there. And you look at stuff and you think, you know that line, you know, maybe I should have gone thicker or it's not the best or the photos, not the Oh my God, when you do something, the of the you the image get isn't of that it. great, and oh yeah. Then it brings us on to something that, like Mick and I have mentioned, is people getting upset when you don't post the pictures on Instagram. Yeah, it, and it's nothing personal at all. It could literally yeah. just all the photos I took are fuzzy, or yeah. like totally. Other balance just wasn't right because the camera settings weren't right or maybe it was a really really good tattoo but if that's not the sort of theme or style you're trying to push at that time you don't post it because you're trying to just show a particular style that keeps your feed consistent and attracts more of the specific type of work you are advertising for but that's it personally yeah or with me, I've literally just been sent a cat video as soon as I've sent my customer out the door, and I'm distracted. And then my next customer turns up, and I just forget. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I probably, I could probably, I have so many photos of tattoos on my phone that I could post a new tattoo every day and still not run out of content. But in my head, I'm so self-critical that I'm in. I've got this bit of a phobia now about posting them so just be good to get back to work and get that enthusiasm going again but yeah, um I don't you've got all this time to overthink everything as well yeah totally artist in your own head and it's an artist yeah. anyway, yeah. without to contend with as well it's been pretty hard to stay motivated like doing anything productive at the moment yeah <laughs> um, totally yeah this is yeah we're so we're in what is this six week six of the third lockdown and um yeah I so naively thought I'd be back to work by now same it's crazy isn't it but I suppose like at the moment we're sort of living out our teenage dream we're just artists we're artists for a living I mean mm-hmm. fair at the moment it's not really it's not really making a living for me <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretending that they and um, yeah, yeah. I, I- wait to get back to work just to keep my brain busy I although I'm still doing stuff all the time like whether it's painting drawing or I'm like um working on commissions so I'm, I'm still working obviously not tattooing just on design work and commissions and things that I can do safely from home so I'm busy and I'm filling my time but it's not the same and I really miss the social aspect of it like I like seeing yeah. my because I work with like amazing amazing lovely girls and they're just yeah they're good friends as well as like amazing colleagues um so I, I miss them like hell and then there's like the social aspect of getting to meet new people every day or you're meeting with established clients that you've got to know over time and over years so you've got like friendships built and stuff as well but our job is awesome <laughs> it is good I've made so many good friends whether I've tattooed people or gone to work at their shops like like yourself. It is it's such a great job, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I I can't wait to be a tattooist again. I know, I miss it so much. And it's really nice for you to slip in as well. Like, obviously, we know, but a lot of people listening might be aware that, like, you come down to guest with us in Brighton and you come work at my shop uh, every once in a while when you get a chance to get away from your busy schedule in your studio. So, <laughs> yeah, a little working holiday and we get to go for cocktails really nice. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Even better when we're in America, but yeah. Oh, I'd take yeah. Brighton right now. Yeah. I mean we'll do right now, just seeing another human outside of the house would be great. How much for the stream? Did you know who you were going to be working with? So Sketch and Jay were the other artists mm-hmm. on the show. We actually met about two nights before we filmed the pilot for the first time. So um I think uh I think production wanted to sort of catch the the chemistry between new people meeting on camera, like rather than give us a chance to sort of get to know each other first. They literally just introduced us a few days before the filming started and, and they were all brand new to me. I'd never met anyone before. Did you get yeah. on with them? Uh yeah like every, everyone on set was really civil I'll be um I'll be straight up about the fact that there were days where I really struggled on set there were there were really long days it's high pressure crazy hours and it was um it was mid so it was and filmed in a warehouse so it was like literally snowing outside and you're in a warehouse with no heating I was so cold I couldn't fill my machine uh while I was tattooing sometimes oh my God. like everything is fine when you're fucking freezing. It's really hard. Yeah. And then obviously like with the with the pressure and the time scales involved in having to produce so much work in in a short amount of time and keep your client comfortable in a freezing warehouse at the same time as well. Um it, it was like a high pressure environment to film in, uh at the same time as getting to know everybody from scratch, like your colleagues, the production team, like everyone involved, um, and the clients of course. Um Jay was actually a huge support. Like um he he was great at um at the end of the day like just having a chat and I don't know, uh, sorry, I'm fumbling over my words and I I don't really know why, I haven't spoken <laughs> about the show in such a long time, it's kind of been That's fine. the first time I've kind of been asked any of these questions and it's been a long time since I've had to sort of like think about it to answer, um, but yeah, Jay is <laughs> a really, really good support for everything, like he... Kept me calm when I was pissed off, and the day I was <laughs> my partner, he was like, "It's okay. You're gonna see him again in a few days." And it was a mad time. Like, um yeah, uh it, it was a great emotional support through all of that. It was really nice, so, and I that's, appreciate that. All these what... years later, he he was like the the closest friendship and the the biggest support. Like, he is genuinely. As lovely in real life as he comes across on screen, which was really
0: Gen- gentle, Jay. <laughs> yeah,
1: gentle yeah. Jay. Gentle Jay. Know, Jay. There's gentle one thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing that I that I notice about him is he looks because obviously he's a very well put together man, and he looks very similar <laughs> yeah. to uh, a man who is also very well put together called Peter Trigo, who's a professional cricketer who also has tattoos. Sports, S- sports, sports pod <laughs> with of Mick sports. and Lucy. <laughs> um he, he he has so many because
1: what's a sport
0: not many people in in the world of cricket especially at the time when peter trigo was getting famous had tattoos and he had two full sleeves so much so that the bat manufacturer that he uses for his equipment made him a signature bat which has part of his tattoo on it which i think is really cool getting, ta- getting, getting getting tattoos into um into spaces you wouldn't normally see them <laughs> and I, thought was, I thought that was really cool um I've got sports into it, which I've done, which I've done now. So let's move on, Lucy. What were you saying? Look at the state of you. (laughs) Just just, just, again, if anyone's just audio only, she's drawn another knob, and this time she was motioning it it towards her face.
1: (laughs) This time it was because of boredom.
0: Yeah, because I'm not going to lie. But it was interesting. It was sports, 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 sports and tattoos. There was a reason for it. Please continue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um there's a bit on another tangent. Well, I don't know how much you're gonna to want to say about it really. There was quite a lot of sort of negative press in parts about one tattooist in particular. And there's one bit, so I've watched this like the first series this week, and I think I watched a few episodes at the back back then because people were talking about it and things, and there was one episode where um sketch Jay said to or someone, Hazel, someone said to Sketch, What's your least favourite thing to tattoo or something? And he said, Oh, the worst skin is bigger and skin. They, yeah, I've actually heard this complaint from like some friends of mine and quite a few sort of clients I've had since who've been so offended by that comment mm. that it's come up in conversation quite a lot on set I was filming something else so I didn't hear this I don't remember it I was nowhere near it I didn't when think it was you were hit. in the find out yeah, you weren't in the room I think it upset a lot of people um and yeah I I think it could maybe have been handled a little bit more tactfully <laughs> yeah he said he said it's like he compared a Yorkie with a dairy milk I think was this quote when uh, Paisley was like what what's the difference and he was like you know a
0: big Yorkie yeah and it's also this isn't this isn't 10 years ago this is it's
1: a bit of a sign of the times isn't it like
0: yeah I don't I don't don't necessarily agree with that because I think like if he'd said that in 1995 it would have been but it was still it was it was five years ago six years ago it's not like it was
1: well yeah it's only five years
0: isn't it back in back in many moons ago it's just yeah just not the done thing. I'm To be honest, I'm surprised that it was put in unless there was, you know, I don't know, we need to make it, you know, give the show yeah. an edge and bad, bad publicity is still publicity sort of sort of thing. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's just a couple of times yeah. where, I, where I think...
1: Making you... yeah. them escape good. A mm. few little things like that um, and lots of those little issues were a, a big part of why I decided to walk away after season one. Um, I I take what, we do and what I do really seriously and I care about how my clients feel and I want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can to look after the people that come to me to get tattooed and very aware of the fact that anything you do on camera doing that you're representing yourself in your industry and it's bigger than just you um and I went in with that attitude and I don't necessarily feel like that was reflected in the end product um, and because I could sort of see that and where the show was probably going for the sake of ratings rather than portraying all the things that I love about the industry. It was more about obviously making a TV show than promoting our industry necessarily whilst well, it was trying to do that, but it didn't do it necessarily in the way that I would have liked it to have been done is a, like yeah. a large reason why I stepped away it was great advertising to do season one and get my name out there but that was as much as I wanted to do and I stepped away and wished everybody well and went on with my life and yeah kind of stuck to tattooing full time because that's what I'm more interested in that's what I love doing yeah and I'm gonna ask why you what your other reasons for leaving were but also was there a gender pay gap uh funny you should ask because when when we were all first taken on we were told that it was something we weren't allowed to discuss with each other (laughs) which I find is a bit fishy anyway yeah Um, and and uh no one could help themselves and it just started to come out in conversation and I did find out down the line in in this day and age unfortunately I got paid less than both the boys so that was another that's wild issue I have um it's as much as it's not about money and it's about representing my industry as best I can um yeah it was a little bit of a uh disappointment (laughs) uh yeah i'm not
2: surprised i
1: thought it should have been based more on like fairness and if we're delivering the same sort of standard and service and putting in the same hours then you would imagine that that would be reflected fairly in what you get out of it but i did find out afterwards that uh there wasn't a a level playing ground shall we say that's (laughs) that's was disappointed by that. <laughs> was there one person that got paid more? Or was it I mean, feel free to dodge this question if you wanna there if you want to draw another willy, but a sort of respect for the people involved and knowing that although it was ages ago, I did sign a contract uh for non disclosure and yeah you know, I have to still be like respectful about the way that I uh kind of talk about it and everything. There's certain things i probably won't talk about and other things I'm happy to talk about, but as for like going into details over money and stuff, I don't know enough about it to really say anything uh that could be like concrete fact, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, from, yeah, from that's from what I found out on set at the time from my co workers. Uh, yeah, there were some shortfalls, inequality. <laughs> so what were the other factors that did make you leave um i i've kind of been maybe naively uh under the impression that the show might have been a little bit more about uh the work itself and what we were going to be producing and you know just how amazing some of the transformations could be um but I think I'd romanticised it slightly in my head rather than, obviously I'd never done TV before and I certainly hadn't done like a reality TV thing before. So when the reality of the fact that you are up against it time-wise, there's a certain format you have to stick to for filming, you have to work with clients who've been sourced by um, like uh, the casting company and they've been picked for shock factor and for telly, um, rather than just being, like, right. kind of everything that you're used to coming through the studio. Um, there, there were so many, like, um, kind of uh, challenging factors added in by having to film in that way um, that you wouldn't normally have to deal with on day-to-day in the studio. Uh, when you throw that in with working crazy long hours uh, in the freezing cold <laughs> as well um it yeah the the realities of what I thought it was going to be versus how it actually was to make and kind of the experience of actually being involved rather than what you see on tv as a finished product they they were two worlds apart and I definitely preferred uh actually just being able to like tattoo normally because I genuinely love my job um I'm not saying like be against doing TV stuff again in the future because I'd I'd really enjoy doing that but I am a bit of a control freak and I would definitely love to have a lot more creative input and a bit of more creative control over what it is I'm doing and I would probably love to do something like similar but with my own resources and I don't know be able to do I mean, I suppose that sounds really bratty, doesn't it? It was like, yeah, I want to do that, but my own way.
0: No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, we t- I no, t- not
1: t- at all. T- like,
0: I think yeah, I you can
1: see the benefits uh, of doing it, I, but- I would also do something with my own creative control. I think, yeah. So, to uh, Lucy, t- the way I see it. <laughs> uh,
0: Lucy mentioned something there about there being some, but negative press I think. And I think after you left, the the negative press it got specifically around the plagiarism and the hygiene issues that were in that were actually I I can remember them being in national press do do you think that they're do you think that those accusations were justified and if 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 they were did the show do enough to help the artists that were getting were getting this bad press in and I mean I'm talking about national newspapers not just within the community
1: Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I did hear, obviously, a, a lot of these rumours myself afterwards. Um, hygiene was actually really good on set. I don't see how there could have been, like, any problems much like when you're in a tattoo studio getting something done is when you get a tattoo it is effectively a wound you leave with a wound it's a shallow graze you know how tattoos work you have an open wound and once you leave the studio it is up to you to keep yourself clean uh, and look after that wound because no matter how you end up with a wound (laughs) if you don't practice good personal hygiene you can get infected and it's not going to heal that well but obviously when people leave the studio or the set they're in charge of taking care of themselves and that piece and it's once they've walked out the door it's out of your control um so as for hygiene on set I I was happy with the the set. I'm used to running my own studios, and I've I've had all the training. I know exactly what the standards are for hygiene, and I was absolutely happy with that. Um, and sorry, I've rambled on. I've forgotten what part two of that question was. It was. It was. Did the show
0: did the show do enough to help you? You the, the, well, I'm sure you only really know from your own experience. But did, did the show do anything to prepare you that you know that you're going to be in the public? limelight you're gonna you're gonna have a spotlight on you not just professionally but also potentially personally as well uh did did they do anything to prepare you or help you did nothing no
1: not really they kind of like obviously it's mentioned and then it's kind of expected that you understand what you're signing up for um and yeah I I thought that I did but I didn't quite necessarily realise how intense people were gonna be afterwards. I definitely underestimated the reach that the show would have. So I, I expected a little bit of um interaction inevitably, um, but the scale was much more than I was expecting. Um and I think the they kind of just assume that you're you know what to expect, right. even though obviously first time I've ever done it and everything else, but um to their credit afterwards they do offer you support and if you feel like you need kind of a counselor or anything like that they do that's good. kind of set you up with those things if you feel that's like you need so that there, there was like um support offered afterwards if you felt like you needed it that's good because there's, there's so been so much in recent years about reality tv stars and some of them have taken their own lives and really struggled with mental health and I think it's been a real focal point production companies have have really stepped up to it it seems after Mm. maybe slacking a bit to start I think like the few people who have taken their own lives people just went like whoa you really have to do more so it's nice that they back you know even just five years ago they were offering some sort of support because it must be like a huge culture shock and also it's not even just that one time it was played once. They still repeat, and I remember being in the shop with you, and people come in, and you've gone. Well, they oh. must be repeating it. Yeah, because you've yeah. had this right. new influx. You find it like after a few years, things start to like quieten down and get a little bit more back to normal, and you don't have quite so many like fucking intense emails anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there something so, you said there about then, how how the wide? An... Sorry to butt oh. in there. You, you were just saying something Sorry. about the, the, the how how wide the. The reach was of the show and Mm. so uh, assuming from from how you said that that wasn't always positive like the fact Mm -hmm. that you're now because obviously I have no idea what it's like to be a woman let alone a woman online at the moment and I just see I see little things like a woman uh, going back to the sports pod but a woman has an opinion on the television about a football match and the Mm. the abuse that they get is disgusting about you know and not just about their opinions not just them being told they're wrong all the time they're also like the you know threatening rape and death and all this disgusting things it, without hopefully this isn't gonna break up any wounds but
2: no, no, how, no sorry.
0: How, how how was that as as, <laughs> as suddenly now being thrust into a spotlight and and having anyone potentially having contact with you
1: Um, obviously like when you come from a certain background and you are a certain type of person you it's very easy to kind of assume that everyone's like you and they're gonna receive information the way that you do um but it very much opened my eyes up to um the huge differences in between different types of people like I'm I'm actually quite lucky I didn't I don't know how I managed it, but I managed to kind of step away without any kind of abuse. Um, yeah. I I was really, I was expecting it because you do put yourself in the public eye. I was fully expecting to have like a fair amount of hate for whatever reason. When there are so many people you're being exposed to, there's gonna be some of those people who aren't gonna like you. And mm-hmm. some of those people out of that group are gonna feel like they have to vocalize it. For whatever reason, um, but yeah, it can be quite intense if you're on the receiving end of that. And luckily, I didn't actually find that I had much of that. It was mostly people just, you know, wanting to interact, but in a positive way, um, which is really nice if it's on a manageable scale. But it was not on a manageable scale. It was it was oh, right. intense. I found it quite over- <laughs> even if it was positive, I found it really overwhelming. And because I am a bit of an empath and I like connecting with people, I struggled because I almost felt like in a lot of ways, I had a personal responsibility to reply and like say hello back and want to like be good to those people. But there just literally isn't enough time or energy in the day. And then everyone's being lovely to you, but you feel like you're falling short for those people. And... It's very much like I put too much pressure on myself um, yeah. over that. But it it was dumb because it made a really positive thing. All these like lovely people wanting to say nice things to you uh, felt too much for me. Um, and I know that's a lot more, uh, it got a lot more to do with me needing to figure out how I deal with that than anyone else doing anything wrong. But I just wasn't expecting the scale of like, messages and things like that because I mean Lucy will tell you we've been friends for years and she knows how shit I am at responding to texts <laughs> and she's like it's, one of the nicest people I know <laughs> it's amazing that we've done this I mean here you are on time you've we've spoken multiple times in the last few days. you've answered yeah, your phone and replied to texts I don't know, I don't is it you i mean is it's is a it for form video i know otherwise it you know it's my my receptionist standing in doing a voice <laughs> it's natalia
0: <laughs> oh thanks for thanks for being so open and and, and honest with those questions i know like yeah tell that, that's really cool and i think i think it's the side of the the, the tattoo industry that is now so massive with these all these shows popping up everywhere it is, it is super cool to get a real insider's voice about and, and you know the, the things that Definitely. you brought up there like the, the, the gender pay gap that the how you felt as a person that having to deal with it could like you said there at the end it's not just someone saying nice things about you it's someone saying nice things about you all day every day over yeah. and over again that is it, that is because it's nice kind of from
1: at. because it's from like strangers as well exactly. people that you don't know it, I don't know you you don't really kind of connect with those comments because Mm. you don't know those people so it just yeah it's I know it's always coming from like a place of love and support but when you don't know those people but they feel like you're familiar to them because they've seen you on tv and stuff like that it's um I I found it really strange like that lack of connection um
0: yeah except there's something interesting to go back when when my uh, so my the first tattoo that I got was I drunk at a festival and got a uh, the uh, comedy masks from the comedy and tragedy masks on me above my but It all fell out because I was really drunk when I had it done. <laughs> it was done on one of those buses on there. Yeah. So I went to see see someone and they 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 covered it up. Um and about I don't know four or five months after I had it done, I bumped into him at a gig. And I was like, "Hey, hey, how's it going?" Like, like, me and him were mates, but only from my point of view. And I could see his face backpedaling, going, "I've tattooed this bloke. I can't remember what it is, you know." And then I sort of, really, "Oh yeah, let me show you." And then he went, "Oh yeah, I remember. That looks good. Well, I'm, I'm yep. pleased with how that turned out."
1: Because even if you've worked with a client and you haven't met them face to face, if they've been with you for like an hour or four mm. hours, they kind of forget that you've been staring at their tattoo the whole time because you are concentrating really hard on yeah. making that. Thing them and not fucking it up so you'll be having conversation and stuff as you go along but your main focus and concentration a- absolutely. is absolutely on making that tattoo so if you've tattooed somebody for 20 minutes or half an hour three years ago and you bump into them at a gig they they're very likely going to remember you because it might be the only one absolutely. tattoo they ever get yeah but you've seen like a hundred people since then That's and it. it's it's like nothing personal at all it's just my brain does not hold on to shit for that long and
0: and, and nor should it it was just (laughs) that was just me going into that situation going realizing halfway through that i was being like, oh he doesn't recognize me but of course he doesn't recognize you so yeah um uh, thanks again for being that's that's really cool to hear that it's really really honest i really appreciate it thank you and so what, what what have you been what have you been doing over lockdown to keep your creative juices flowing
1: so trying to keep myself busy and still pay the bills by doing um a lot of like commission work so um outside of tattooing I'm still uh, an artist professionally as well so I'll do a lot of um kind of computer design like graphic design whether it's print work or illustrations for books or product design or like literally anything uh sort of cool. design related. I, I like trying everything and I've just been doing it for so long it's all kind of second nature. Anything design and art wise, I've I'll give it a go. So uh at the moment I'm just taking on anything um as a private commission that uh is keeping me A entertained and B keeping the bills paid so I can go back to work and my yeah. still there at the end of all of it. <laughs>
0: That sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, we did we did put out to Instagram uh, for some questions for you. So I uh, just wanted to say thanks to all of these special men, assuming they are men, who sent back the question <laughs> that was how much for a sleeve. So you won the jokes this week. Well done, thank oh, you for that. Um, <laughs> there
1: were definitely some females in there as well. Oh, was there good? Well done. <laughs> uh,
0: so we, we got one, and I don't know how to say this, so I'm really sorry, but I think it's uh, Alice WBU has asked, Uh, do you prefer when people come in with a detailed design idea that they a hundred percent are committed to having whether you like it or not or do you like when they come in with an idea a general idea that you can then work with
1: Ooh, it's a double-edged sword so it's a (laughs) really specific design idea they generally will see something exactly the way they want it in their head and it takes quite a lot of work for you to be able to figure out exactly what they're seeing and get it to match their idea in a way that they're happy enough with it to then have it forever so you have to be you have to get that idea exactly perfectly right for what they're seeing otherwise they'll always be disappointed with it even if it matches the description they've given you um but having a really specific brief does help you narrow down Because without certain specifics to work to and somebody just coming in and going, do whatever you want, there's no starting point for you to be able to narrow anything down from. So um, and a lot of the time when people do come in and go, here's a basic idea, do what you want with it. And then you actually draw them what you would do with that idea. They don't want it. And you've wasted
2: loads
1: of getting paid for. they've actually got an idea in their head but they think they are just being cool by saying that yeah something in the middle of both of those things is probably ideal you need a fairly specific brief but with a bit of flexibility on the client's behalf so that the two of you can work together and um create I don't want to use the word compromise because it seems like somebody's sacrificing something somewhere but um yeah it's it's a joint effort so that you both get what you want in a way that works properly and is going to age properly in the skin and and just look good because you want to put it in your portfolio and they're going to be wearing it for the rest of their lives so you you find a middle ground between both of you
0: awesome um yeah i totally agree i suppose the, the the last question we've got thanks again for being so wonderful um the last question we've got is is what's next what's next on your on your agenda
1: oh so i guess since the show was filmed because that is quite a long time ago now like six years of um and even people following what i've been doing since like online and stuff are probably like what what the fuck have you been doing <laughs> i <I've- laughs> I'm obviously, like I've moved cities, and I've still been um well, I've, I've relocated. I've built a business. I've um kind of grown that business down. Then then I downsized it so that it was more profitable and less stressful. Um, and then refurbed it twice and taken on like all new staff. And oh my god, uh, the, the studio and my professional life has gone through so many like reincarnations in that time as well as like uh, me trying to balance like my obsession with traveling and just seeing as much of the world as I can as I uh, along the way while I'm still working I guess the next thing now now that I've got the the studio finished and a really nice kind of like working lifestyle I love the studio I love the, the city I live in the people I work with are amazing um, I feel like I've, I've kind of hit that point now where i'm ready for something else and i think right. that as much as we've talked through uh this today and i've, I've said um like i had a mi- mixed feelings on my filming experiences and work in tv I've, I've obviously also said that i'd be interested in doing more stuff like that in the future so i think over the next year or two years i'm going to be pursuing um some more tv work but once again like trying to get something going off my own back where I have more of a creative control and I can make something um that speaks a bit more to to what I'd like to put out there so it might not necessarily be tattoo related um there's so many other things I'm really interested in in life like travel wildlife um i would love to do something that involves uh like those two things so uh if there's anyone out there that thinks that sounds cool and they want to do something hit my email up for a collab and we'll figure something out but yeah i would love to pursue some more stuff like that in the future <laughs> how about here's an idea how about just me and you getting paid to go around america and okay i like maybe do the odd tattoo but really just look at birds and flowers and eat go to and eat Fuck. like yeah massive portions so pay me to do that please eco-tourism hot spots around the world somebody pays us to do that on camera i am all right i'll never come back i'm to there okay <laughs> Yeah, I'll be I'll be in your suitcase, as people will say. Yeah, oh, take me, in, take, put me in your suitcase. Well, like, that'd we that be me. Travel well together. We've already been to LA together, and uh, oh, yes, yeah, such maybe nice that- memories. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Take me back. Yeah. I want to same places again. <laughs> I know. I think this is the hardest part of lockdown is not having a flight booked. It must be the first yeah. time in years that I've not had a plan, and you must be the same. Well, it was actually starting to drive me a bit nuts. So and I, I realised with lockdown I'd stopped sort of planning too far ahead for the future and that was actually getting really depressing. So um uh just recently, even though we don't know realistically when we're gonna be allowed to fly or travel again, I have preemptively pre booked a trip in the hope that we might be able to go by the end Ooh. of the it's optimistic and it might not happen but just having like that something in the diary to look forward to is the whole thing so uh hopefully maybe costa rica around july so uh yeah that'd be great eco-touristing my tits off so um yeah (laughs) it will happen but at the same time who knows (laughs) who knows who knows who knows what the hell's going on
0: Right, thank you so much, Lou. That was really, really, really awesome. And thanks again for being our number one. You will always be our number yeah. one. No one can ever take that away from you. And yeah, in a couple of years, we'll we'll when we're allowed, hopefully, we'll come to your shop and record a episode in there. How's that?
1: Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. That'd okay. be so good.
0: Thank um, you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's been so great. Guys!